I want to thank you for joining us in this episode of the Life Transformation Show. Today we have another very interesting show lined up for you. Today's show is titled, Seven Ways to Protect Your Mental Health During the Pandemic. And yes, this is a very pertinent topic indeed. We are living in unprecedented and very stress-inducing times. People throughout our world are inflicted with the COVID-19 virus, and many of us are facing uncertainties about the future. We ask questions such as, when will things get back to normal? Will I be okay financially when this is finally over? Will my aging parents survive the pandemic? Will I lose a child who has health issues to this disease? The severity of the pandemic plus these uncertainties can leave us stressed and feeling overwhelmed. In this show today, we will be given seven tips to protect you, protect your mental health during this very stressful time. If you are new to Elam Counseling Services, we are a professional counseling services. I am a psychotherapist. I work and I help people with their mental health. And uh, you can get a hold of us by calling 1-877-544-3546. Or you can find out more about us by going to our website. And the website is elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com. So yes, let's get right into the topic today. We're talking about seven ways to protect your mental health during the pandemic. Unfortunately, these kinds of occurrences are not new to mankind. We are told that this, that the plague known as the Black Death killed approximately a quarter of the population of Europe in the 1300s. And uh, more recently, in 1918, a flu pandemic uh, killed approximately but somewhere between 17 million to 50 million people. And this was known as the Spanish flu. If we go back to biblical times, we can see that plagues of this nature is not new to mankind because we have an occurrence of a plague that occurred in 1 Samuel chapter 5 and chapter 6. And I don't have time to today to read the entire chapter, but it's a very interesting chapter. So if you have your Bibles, you can open your Bibles, or I suggest that you read it uh, at some time when you get a chance, because it's very interesting. And I'm going to just summarize some of what is happening in that passage of Scripture and, and tell you why I think it was a pandemic. First of all, I think that this was a pandemic because as we read these two chapters, we see that a disease is spreading from the Philistines to the Israelites, and somehow it is connected to the Ark of God and as the Ark of God moved from city to city, we are seeing that a disease is following the it following uh, each city that it goes to. So the Ark goes from was first taken by the, captured by the Philistine in a war and taken to Ashdod. 
and in Ashdod there was an outbreak of a disease resulting in the people having tumors and many people in that city dying. So they decided that they wanted to move this Ark of God to to Gath. And as they moved this, this Ark of God, it is being drawn by a cart with oxen and it is taken to this place called Gath. The same thing happened in Gath. People burst out with tumors and people are dying and the people of of Gath take it to Ekron. When the people of Ekron heard that this ark was coming to their city, they panicked and we are told that many people died in that city as a result of the ark being taken to Ekron. And so the, the Philistines decided that it was no time to return the ark to Israel. And so in First Samuel, Samuel chapter 6, verse 1 to 6, we read that they're making preparation to carry the ark over to Israel, but they feel that they must do something to appease the God of Israel so that he would not be continue to be angry at them. So they gave the Israelites gifts of five golden tumors and five gold rats. Now, why are they making symbols of tumors and rats to give to the Israelites? Because this is the, this is tied to the disease that is being spread. In chapter 1 Samuel chapter 6, verse 5, we read, Make models of the tumors and of the rats that are destroying the country and give glory to Israel's God. Perhaps he will lift his hand from you and your gods and your land. So I want to propose today that there is some kind of a plague that is going on in that country that has been spread by rats and that the cart that might have been carrying this ark of God from place to place is infected with this disease and as it goes into the city that has been handled by the people of each city they begin to spread the disease among themselves because this kind of bubonic plagues are are spread by by rats They're, they're the, the fleas that that feeds on the blood of the rats transfer the disease to human beings. And so it's possible that this ark, this cart that is carrying the ark is infested with these rodents. And as it goes from city to city, they're releasing the curse. So they take the, the ark to Israel. They take the ark into Israel. And we are told that something very strange happened when it is taken to Israel because the same thing happens when it, when it is taken to the city of Beth Shemesh in Israel. The people there begin to die as well. So it is quite possible that there is some kind of a disease that is been carried by the ark to these different cities. And just in case you think that I am out of my mind and maybe I am making this up that maybe there was it had nothing to do with with rats and with plagues. Let me refer to a very interesting studied article I should say that was published in the Journal of the Royal Society of Medicine and this Journal actually refers to the passage that I referred to in First Samuel chapter five and chapter six, and said that in cities where they have bubonic plague, that there is often dead rats that are found on the streets, and that these rats often have the same kind 
of bacteria that is found in human beings and that these bacteria cause enlarged limb nodes in the groins and other other parts of the body. So this is the tumors that has been referred to in First Samuel chapter 5 and chapter 6. I want to use this show today to give you hope and to give you tips to overcome what's going on in, a, in our world today, this current time. So the first tip I want to share with you today is that as you go through this epid this, this this pandemic, one way to protect yourself is to be careful as to what you listen to, the kinds of news that you listen to. So the first point is stay informed, not inundated. There is a big difference. We need to keep ourselves informed with what's going on, but we can get to the point where we are bombarding our minds too much of what is happening in our world as a result of this disease. And the fact that we have our cell phones and our laptops and our tablets that flash these messages all the time, it's as if we're always being alerted as to the update. So I say that we need to be very careful and take step to limit the extent to which we are being bombarded with these news that is flashed to us daily. And I would also say that you should listen to the news with a critical mind, realizing that the media is there to sensationalize the news because that's how they make their money. So the flashing light when the alert about the death toll is about to come on is meant to make you excited and to keep your eyes focused and, you know, the kind of scary music that they play just before the news is made that there is another 200 deaths somewhere in the world, that is meant to captivate your attention and to keep you hooked to the station so you can want to hear more and more. So I would say be very careful that you are not over do not overexpose yourself to the news. Limit yourself as to how much you listen to. This, the, the second point that I would like to say today is that get regular exercise, get regular and moderate exercise, I would say, because exercise helps to boost our immune system. And if you are in a situation where you are quarantined, for example, you might not be able to go outside, but you can still exercise. Exercise boosts your immune system. In in a report that was pu- pushed, published, I should say, by the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institute of Health, they're saying that moderate exercise protects us from infectious disease and improves our immune function. But they stress that exercise has to be moderate. They also say that uh, extreme exercise uh, athletes who expose who who, ha, who do very rigorous exercise during this time might be exposing themselves 
to higher risk of respiratory tract infections. So again, it's exercise, but be careful that you do moderate exercise. Don't overdo it. Moderate exercise will boost your immune system and helps also to protect you from depression because we know that your 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 body will produce dopamine and as you as and endorphins as you exercise and as you do so you're giving yourself your body a better chance to fight against the ill effect of this disease you're prote- actually protecting yourself against this disease by exercising the third point that i would like to point out today is that we need to pray for others to stay mentally healthy we, when we pray for others, we are protecting ourselves. We are taking the focus off ourselves and our problems, and we are enlarging our territories and our minds and giving our mind a chance not to dwell too much on the negative things that might be happening in our lives. Interestingly, uh, an article that was published in the Journal of Scientific Study of Religion showed that people who prayed for others uh, had less effect from the financial problems that they were going through, less ill effect to their health as a result of financial stress that they were going through. But they are saying that these people who who focused on just praying about the material things did not have the same benefits. So don't focus all your attention on what you do not have and the financial stress that you might be under. Place your emphasis also on what others are going through because there's always someone in a worse situation than you are. So find people that are going are going through hard times in this crisis and begin to pray for these people. This journal that I'm telling you about that that was that was published in the Journal of Scientific Study of Religion, says that the group of people, the group of aging people who did not focus on their financial situation but prayed for others, that their physical health improved and that their anxiety uh, lessened as a result of the focus of their prayer. The fourth point that I would like to make here, and maybe before I go into fourth point, for those of you who have just joined us, you're listening to the Life Transformation Show. I'm your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services. If you'd like to find out more about us uh, and about this ministry, you can call us at one 544 3546 or you can go to our website at elimcounselingministry.com. Elim is spelled E-L-I-M, counseling with two L's, ministry.com so the fourth point the fourth point the fourth w- the fourth way of staying mentally healthy during this pandemic is to make a list of things to be thankful for make a list of things that you can be thankful for in another study that was published in the journal of behavioral medicine in december 2011 they found that cancer patients who focused 
on what they are thankful for in life, that these, these patients uh, feared better in terms of depressive symptoms. In other words, they had less depressive symptoms than other patients who did not follow this exercise. So as we go through this very stressful time, make a list of things that you can be thankful for. And every day that you get up, read that list and think about the things that you can be thankful for. It will take the stress off your mind and help you to decrease the worry. And I would say try to come up with at least 20 things that you can be thankful for. Some of us might be saying, that is hard, I can't think of 20 things. But as you begin to think, you will see that there are many things that you have that you can be thankful for. Even the fact that you can listen to this show is something that you can be thankful for because many people do not have their hearing. They cannot they, they, they cannot hear as a result of, of the facts that they are born with. And, and so it's important for you to realize that you can always give thanks for something. So people who give thanks fear better than people who ruminate on their problems all day. The fifth point that I would like to to, to, to speak of tonight, the fifth way of staying mentally healthy during this pandemic pandemic is to stay connected during isolation. In other words, being isolated, being in isolation, self-isolation or, or being quarantined doesn't mean that you have to be lonely. We have technology that we can use today to stay connected to friends, to talk to others. So we, you can do video conferencing, so for example, with friends and relatives and stay connected that way. You do not have to get into this cycle where you are all alone and you are depressed and you are just bored and lonely because those kinds of of feeling will make you more susceptible to the disease. It's important for you to stay connected. So, so far we have talked about five of the different ways of, of five different ways of surviving this pandemic and staying mentally healthy as you go through this pandemic. And I'd just like to quickly go over those points before we move on to the rest. So the first point was to stay informed, not inundated. The second point was to get regular, moderate exercise. The third is to pray for others. The fourth is to make a list of things that you can be thankful for. And the fifth point is to stay connected during self-isolation or even if you're quarantined. Stay connected. Tune in also to your church online service. Do not use this as an excuse to or make this 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 disease get in the way of your relationship with God. Stay connected. Uh, tune into your church services. Worship along with the worship because doing so is very good for your mental health. The sixth point is to start a daily journal. Start a daily journal and record what's going on each day around you. How do you feel? What are your emotions each day? Write about your fears. Write about uh, the, the things that, that concerns you. 
concern you. Write about what gives you hope. Write about your Write about your faith in God and scriptures that bring you hope because by so doing, you're helping your brain to not just focus on the negative that's happening all around you. If you missed the show that we did on seven letters that can change your life, we went into detail there about how journaling can can help you to overcome stress and the health studies that were done that show that simply writing and journaling have tremendous effect on your immune system, on your health, and help people to cope better. So the sixth point is to start a daily journal and record a little bit each day about the different areas that I have mentioned so far. And so the seventh point, the seventh and final point is that you need to meditate on the Word of God. Yes, meditate on the Word of God. It's very important for us to understand that there are several studies that have been done that shows that people who have faith in God fear better than those who don't in in, in dealing with the challenges of life. And so if you are not tapping into your faith, if you are not spending time in the Word during this time, you're missing a very potent part of what can get you through this crisis. Find scriptures in which you can take comfort and meditate on them. Think about them over and over again. So this seven point is actually the opposite of point number one. So point number one was a warning not to be inundated by what's going on in the media. In other words, don't meditate on the bad things that are happening in the media. But but point number seven is saying, instead, fill your mind with the word of God. In Psalm 119, the psalmist paints this picture of this calamity that is befalling uh, humanity. And, And the psalm read, God is our refuge and strength and ever present help in trouble. This is the same God that we save today. He's an ever-present help in trouble. The psalmist goes on to, to paint this picture and he says, Therefore, we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. So you might be f- feeling this way today as if everything that you have seen as your foundation is beginning to fall away. Maybe you took uh you found comfort in the money that you had in the bank or the thousands that you you have built up or for some of us maybe millions that we have stocked away and now you're seeing that all of this means nothing when something of this nature comes up on you, comes up on the world in which you live. So the psalmist says, though we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea. The psalmist goes on to say, nations are in uproar, kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice, the earth melt. The Lord Almighty is with us. 
The God of Jacob is our fortress. So it's important for us to turn to scriptures like these that tell us that God is in the midst of all that is going in. Yes, he has not forsaken us. He has not abandoned us. He is with us even while things look desolate. Uh, Verse 8 of Psalm 119 goes on and it says, Come and see the works of the Lord. So in other words, even though the mountain is falling into the sea, even, even though things are in an uproar, God is doing something. God is doing something. So there is an opportunity here for many of us, even while things look like total chaos and total darkness, God is opening up opportunities like never before. People are turning to God and their faith in deep ways as they never did before. People who who look to their money as their God is now realizing that money doesn't count in this place. You can you can go anywhere with and buy anything that is meaningful that is go, it, during this time. You don't need new clothes during this time because you can't leave your house. You're a bigger a bigger uh, a car doesn't mean anything because you can't drive anywhere and. So it's important to realize that this is an opportunity for people to tap into their spirituality. The psalmist goes on to 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 to, to say to speak, and he says, "He makes war cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shield with fire." Do you notice now that this is going on that there is no talk of war? All of this, uh, all all of this posturing that was going on with military might—that means nothing. God has shaken up this world, and people are now realizing that yes, God is in control. We are at His mercy. He breaks the bows and shatters the spear and burns the shields, and people are now realizing that they need something more than their mighty army to save them. They are not manufacturing bombs now. They are manufacturing respirators and and things that that is needed to save people's life. And I think there is the hand of God in this. So it's very important to realize that we need to turn to God. We need to meditate on his word. We need to look to him as we go through these very difficult times. Other scriptures that might give us hope, for example, is Deuteronomy 31 verse 8, where it says, It is the Lord who goes before us. He will be with us. He will not leave you nor forsake you. Do not fear or be dismayed. Lamentations 3 verse 22 and 23 reads, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Yes, God is faithful even in this time. So there you are, the seven the seven strategies, seven ways of staying mentally healthy during the pandemic, seven ways to protect your mental health during the pandemic. As I close today, I would like to say that we need to be praying for uh, workers who are on the front line, such as nurses and personal care workers who are putting themselves and their families at risk while trying to fight this disease. 
workers uh, like cashiers and store clerks who are every day before customers who might be might be infected. We need to pray for those people and Elam is taking the initiative to provide real subsidized counseling and maybe even free counseling for these people who are in these professions who are stressed and who who, who cannot find the means to go for help because these a lot of these uh, grocery store clerks they don't have the money to afford professional counseling. So I'm asking you to partner with us during this time. Make a donation so that we can continue, we can provide help to these people who really need help during these stressful times. If you have missed the show, Turning Your Adversity into Opportunity, I suggest that you watch part one and part two, because this show will be very helpful as we go through this time. I also encourage you to remember our retreat on June 7, 9 to 10. We will still be having the retreat, I think, uh, God's willing. And so until next time, this is your host, Michael Hart of Elim Counseling Services, praying that God would bless you in all your relationships and keep you sound in mind and pure in heart.